Hello, Longhorn fans. Welcome to another Texas Sports Unfiltered postgame show. I am Trey Elling alongside Kevin Dunn. After the Longhorns take care of business in Ames, Iowa tonight, defeating the Cyclones by a final score of... Where did my scoreboard go, Kevin? Uh, they won by 10 points. That's what's important here, right? 26 to 16 is the final score. And uh, there are nits that we can pick during the game, and I'm sure we will over the next hour or so. But overall, I think if you're a Longhorn fan, you need to be very happy with this effort tonight and happy that this program, for the first time in several years, has, has reached the 10-win mark. Yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think that's probably the biggest takeaway. you got to be really happy. I mean, for a game that looked, you know, at 6-3 at half, um, Texas had two touchdowns taken off the board. Um, I'll say this, they were the right call. Um, you know, it does seem like Texas opponents seem to play pretty clean against them, but it was the right call. So, um, I, yeah, I'm glad you said that. Cause I saw a lot of people furious that like there was a phantom call made in both cases and it wasn't a phantom call, but it's like, uh, if you're going to call it that tight, call it that tight both ways. Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of our issues haven't necessarily been, um, you know, it's one thing if it is a phantom call, those weren't phantom calls. I mean, that was a, that was a hold on Kelvin Banks and that was a block in the back by Keaton Crawford. I'm not sure the latter was needed or really even the first one, but whatever. I mean, they're, they're hustle mistakes, but yeah, it's, I think the biggest frustration with a lot of Texas fans has been the fact that seemingly everyone they play is crystal clean. Yeah. Uh, but overall, you're right. I mean, we got to be really happy. I mean, I, I was I was ready to come on here, win or lose, and still be really positive about where this program's going. One game's not going to change that. But the fact they go in there and win by 10, um, you know, they're a game away from getting to the Big 12 championship, and they won 10 games, right? Um, it's been a little while since, since we can talk about the Texas program feeling this good, probably going back to 2017. We know what happened then, but – Feels like it's moving in the right direction, and they made plays when they when they needed to. I will say, man, Devondre Sweat came out. I mean, he's always come out and played, certainly this year. But um, you know, it's pretty obvious that the defensive line was was pretty ready to go. Nine rushing yards for Iowa State. <laughs> Did they finish with nine on the night? Yeah, nine, I mean, you're, yeah. if you're a team that's trying to pick up yardage on the ground, good luck against this Texas defense. You're going to have to find success through the air. I didn't think Iowa State was good enough throwing the football, although they uh, Rocco Becht and uh, that Iowa State passing attack did have a good night against a pretty shoddy Texas secondary who uh, still has a really hard time defending the middle of the field. Now, credit to the Iowa State offense. They, were, uh, they, they, they did some innovative things at times. They did some things that surprised this Texas defense. By the same token, these are cornerbacks that you can – not rely on to cover slant passes. And uh, there just seems to be yardage all over the place. If the defensive line does not get pressure on the quarterback, the, the QB is going to find success throwing the football either to a tight end or a wide receiver on the outside. And, and Rocco Beck took advantage tonight at his first 300-yard game of his career, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, kept Iowa State closer than this game probably should have been. As you said, there were two touchdowns taken off the board. Uh, the calls were legit, but te I mean, Texas was in control of this game from beginning to end, despite the fact that it was a close score going in at halftime. Yep. I mean, you think about the uh, what nine play, 91 yard drive, too, just how big that was, then hitting Whittington, 
you mentioned the pop pass they had, but overall Texas was pretty much in control of this in of this game, and and um, they were the better football team. Um, this obviously meant a lot. I mean, I saw some piece that apparently Matt Campbell was crying at the uh, get together with the Fox guys. I mean, like you know, it, I think it's pretty remarkable that Texas has been able to go through this whole gauntlet and beat all the teams that they're not going to face again. They obviously lost to Oklahoma, but. This has been everyone's big game, and they've been able to survive it. And once again tonight, so we'll see exactly where Xavier is. Thought C.J. Baxter ran the ball pretty well. I mean, he he's a good back, man. Texas is they're so deep at that position. Think about really what they had last year, counting Jaden Blue. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's a pretty deep unit. So, all in all, man, I'll take the W. They got to clean stuff up, but this is a this is not a perfect team. There's not a perfect team in college football right now, maybe, maybe outside of Georgia. Yeah, Georgia and, boy, Oregon's looking pretty good right now too. But uh, yeah. other than that, the Longhorns have a chance to clinch a Big 12 title game appearance with a win over Texas Tech next Friday. And if they do that, just have to see how things shake out. But there's a good chance they find themselves into the college football playoff as well. C.J. Baxter, uh I don't know if we're going uh, offensive MVP just yet on the night, but CJ Baxter came out and did what a lot of people were wondering if he could do as the main guy with Jonathan Brooks, no longer in there. It felt like it might be a by committee uh, sort of approach for this, uh, this running back room tonight, but that turned out not to be the case. Jaden blue ended up with seven carries in the game. Actually had a, a big carry to get Texas into field goal range to uh, give them that 10 point lead, which essentially sealed the victory but it really was a C.J. Baxter show in the backfield. 20 carries, 117 yards, falls just below six yards a carry. And uh, he, he was uh, this team was leaning on him uh, down the stretch in the second half to, uh, to help them come out victorious. Yeah, they were. And I, I think your point's right. I mean, it's all about, you know, kind of the load. And he does have the 20 carries. Uh, he runs really tough, but they ran some good outside zone with him, including late. Um, to kind of, you know, finish that deal. Uh, he cuts well. He runs hard. Um, he gets north-south. He doesn't dance like a lot of freshmen do. So he played well. I thought X played well. Um, really everyone. I thought they blocked pretty well, too, for a team that has not been great at run blocking. Looking at the uh, Clean Cause YouTube comments line right now, DJ says, hey, boys, what's up, DJ? Always good to hear from you. Bradley, we agree, as you just heard us say. CJ Baxter balled his ass off. Yeah. Rodney says everything goes through Lubbock. Well, I don't know about everything, but uh, hopefully uh, the Longhorns are disposed of that team from uh, – they're able to dispose of that team from Lubbock next week. Uh, Aaron says, Katie, let's go. Love you, buddy. Good win there. Grant says, let's go kick some your mark, you ass guys talking about yep. Texas Tech. One more, Trey. One more, and I'm good, no matter what happens. One more, we can lose a Big 12, lose a bowl game. I'll still be happy with the year. I don't want that to happen, but let's get through Tech. No one who were leaving would have beaten us when they wanted to so bad in that last year. So get the dub on Friday and then kind of see where the chips fall and obviously hopefully go win the big 12. I mean, that would be huge. And you know, if you get in, you get in, if not, who knows? I mean, Florida state's obviously dealing with stuff. That's like Brooks last week. It's awful to see Jordan Travis go out. You don't want to see yeah. it decided like that, but, um, but there, there's still some, some chips to fall, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think that uh, all things equal, Texas wins the last game, loses the Big 12 championship. I, I would probably be okay with that too for the reason that you just gave. That this was everybody's Super Bowl on the schedule this year. And for Texas to only have lost to the team that they're going to be moving to the SEC with next year is going to leave even more of a sour taste in all these programs' mouths. Uh, much less like the West Virginias and the Oklahoma States of the world. Well, Oklahoma State might get a shot in the Big 12 championship game, but schools like that that consider Texas a rival that don't even get one more opportunity against the Longhorns. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, this is it right here. So I, you're right. I mean, it could be someone else. I, I should take that back because who knows in the Big 12 championship game. I, I'm putting Oklahoma in there, and, and I shouldn't do that. Um, but – get the win against Tech and just get into that Big 12 game and hopefully be as healthy as possible. Another guy, Byron Murphy, really played his ass off today. Byron Murphy did. Uh, it was another um, roller coaster ride with Jaron Thompson, but he obviously had a big interception uh, in the game at a moment where it felt like uh, Texas defense was starting to get tired. So for them to get yeah. a turnover right there was huge because the offense – was able to sustain a drive after that and uh, give the defense a little bit more rest to, uh, to help them down the stretch as well. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? Will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Yeah, a couple guys. Um, I mean, everyone on their team who we talked about, um, Odnum, I told you, number uh, 11. I mean, that guy can really play. He caused some issues. TJ Camp is a good player. Beck made uh, some throws. They ran the RPO game and the slant, heavy slant game, like we thought. Um, they they hit the pop pass, but Iowa State was kind of what we thought they'd be, and and Texas was able to withstand it. I mean, that, that is not an easy place to play. It's not going to to Baton Rouge at seven o'clock, but um, obviously for them, this was a really really big game. And um, you know, we we talk about has Texas been a little lucky in some of these wins, yeah, and they're probably a little unlucky last year in some of the really close wins. But there is, I don't think it's just coach speaking bullshit when Sark talks about a culture change, you know, winning, winning these close games and really staying the fight and staying the course is something this team has proven they can do this year. Yeah, you're right about that. And by the way, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. So has there been a little bit of luck? Absolutely. But this yeah. team has prepared the right way going back into the off season and during the year itself. And that is, Pretty clear week in week and week out. There's one exception. That was the Oklahoma game where they got hit in the mouth and they weren't really ready for it. But Texas also played. Uh, they played down that day, and Oklahoma played far and away their best game of the year. We've seen that over the last month now, as they've lost a couple of games and been really close against subpar competition and a couple more too with uh, UCF and then uh, BYU a little bit earlier today. So. Uh, I hope that Texas gets another opportunity against the Sooners. Right now, Oklahoma needs some help from Oklahoma State, who struggled for a while against Houston today. Uh, but if Oklahoma State is able to win their last game, I don't even know who they play off the top of my head, but if they win their last game, then it will be the Cowboys in the Big 12 championship game against Texas, assuming the Longhorns do beat Texas Tech. 
Yeah, who does Oklahoma State have? It's a good question in their last game. Da, da, da. Who else offensively stood out to you? Um, offensively, I loved uh, loved what we got from uh, Jordan Whittington. I know it's become cliche about him just being a team-first guy who doesn't necessarily need the individual stats. But he had a huge catch to extend a drive in the first half, and then obviously that touchdown was uh, a bit of a backbreaker for Iowa State as well. It wasn't, uh, wasn't quite a pop pass, but it was a well-designed play by Steve Sarkeesian that had Jordan Whittington wide open. Uh, running into the end zone on a uh, really nice throw by Quinn too. And uh, you got to give credit to Quinn Ewers. He looked better. He looked more comfortable this week than last week. That shoulder's still not 100%, but it looks like it's, I don't know what what percentage-wise, but it does look like it's feeling better. And it looks like he's getting some of that touch pass that just seemed a little bit off last week. Yeah, the touch seemed to be more intact. The zip still is not there. Right. <clears throat> For him, I mean, and he, he's got, you know, he's got a quick release. He's got good pace on his ball. So it's not there, but he gutted it out. I mean, I think it says a lot about him, the fact that he's played these two weeks. Yeah, and not and not just that, but also the offensive line. And I know they struggled a little bit with pass protection in the first half. They were great in the second half. I mean, he, he stayed upright pretty much the entire second half, didn't have to worry about a ton of pressure, and that allowed him to sit back and, and really find the easy throws to make and – incomplete and he was doing a good job of that and so uh, even though the offensive line did have some uh, procedural and holding issues in the first half they really were able to clean those things up and uh, that is what allowed Texas to put what 20 points on the board in the second half to pull away with this victory all right so I was behind so I don't have my touch-up light behind me are you okay be me being the man in the dark here does that, does that work for you well I always consider you the man in the dark so yeah that's fine Appreciate that. I right, yeah. do. Do you want to do um, CJ as the offensive player of the game? Yeah, CJ Baxter, offensive player of the game. That is the offensive MVP. Brought to you by Verde's Mexican Paria, located on Hamilton Pool Road, off of Seventy One in Spicewood. Verde's is serving up an extensive menu of all your traditional Mexican and Tex-Mex favorites. You got a beautiful indoor dining area that makes for a great date night outside a covered patio with a ton of space for the whole family. You got a huge grass area with footballs, frisbee, and games for everyone to enjoy. They can host your party and cater your next event as well. Go see him. It's Verde's Mexican Parilla. Yes, CJ Baxter is our offensive player of the game. I feel like if Xavier Worthy, although I guess technically this would have been special teams, if he got that punt return for a touchdown, he would have more of an argument. Uh, but ultimately, it is C.J. Baxter. Hope Xavier Worthy is okay. Uh, I know that uh, he left the game at some point in the second half with what was uh, described by Allison Williams as a leg injury, was uh, was favoring that leg too. Uh, these guys are able to, to bounce back pretty quickly, but uh, they obviously need him either next week or by the Big 12 championship at, by, uh, game by the latest, uh, um, hoping. Yeah, no, he does so much stuff. I mean, obviously we know what he does, but just, I mean, all week long for the defensive coordinator to have to worry about him. You know, they'll stretch you horizontally with the screen game with him, probably too much. But what he does vertically and, and loosening up coverages and, and defenses and safeties have to be aware of him. So got to have him. Um, but, man, this team's been able to step up, and they were pretty healthy today for the most part going in. I think that showed. 
Yeah, Jalen Catalan, I feel like there was a point that he was not playing anymore in this game. I don't know when that was. It felt like it was in the first half. I've stopped worrying too much about uh, finding number 11 on the field. Derek Williams suffered what looked like a pretty nasty stinger, but I did see him in there in the second half too. So uh, credit to him for uh, for shaking it off and being able to get back out there too. Um, Jatavian Sanders obviously uh, tweaked that ankle that he injured in the Kansas game. So hopefully he's going to be okay. He was back out there, but not nearly as effective. I feel like he was doing a lot more blocking. And as a matter of fact, you saw Gunnar Helm going out and catching a couple of passes, including that touchdown up the left sideline too. So uh, Texas did not escape this game, which was very physical, unscathed, of course, but uh, hopefully the season ending injuries were, uh, were null other than uh, Jonathan Brooks already standing on the sideline. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously Xavier's a huge one. DJ Campbell went out at one point. Um, he came back also he came back as well. Right. So I'm trying to figure who else, um, the, 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 I think that was about it. But I mean, once again, the defensive tackles, I mean, they, they just dominate every game. I mean, this team reminds me in that regard so much of the 98 team where when Sean Rogers and Casey Hampton could just dominate games and yeah. they, they just change the tenor of everything, you know, and they just blow everything up. And when Byron Murphy's rushing the passer like he did today and Javondre Sweat's doing that, and, you know, I mean, we've talked about Collins, who I think had half a sack, Vernon Broughton, what they've been able to do. So uh, this team will live and die with their run defense, and they give up nine yards at a place that usually Iowa State will, will crack some stuff and open some stuff. And, yeah, they did crack some passes, but – uh Another great job by the run defense. Yeah, Iowa State, the success that they've had on offense as they've turned their season around this year has been mostly on the ground. And they were forced, just like Kansas State and every other opponent Texas has played, to try and do more through the air than they were comfortable with. Now, Iowa State, uh, they, they were okay throwing the football at times. Uh, when Texas wasn't getting pressure on Rocco Beck, when he had time, he was he was finding receivers. And unfortunately, these cornerbacks uh, they're they're just going to continue having problems uh, defending wide receivers slanting over the middle of the field. Uh, Ryan Watts, man, what what a frustrating player he is. You you see flashes of just how good he could be. Obviously, he has the body type to be a dominant quarterback uh, cornerback, but he just does not have what it takes to be a uh, one-on-one cover corner. That's a guy that, if he does end up playing at the next level, needs to be doing so in uh, zone situations and coverage. Zone situation, maybe you push him inside. I mean, he's a boundary corner. Um, he's a physical run guy. But, yeah, I mean, that, that's that been his issue. And in fairness to him, 98% of defensive backs in college issues is is coverage and finding the football and not not flipping out you know, or not getting too physical. Yep. Uh, David says, Burt Auburn player of the game. Yeah, I'd give Burt Auburn a player of the game. He had some big field goals, including the one at halftime where he missed before Texas had called a timeout. He uh, cleans that up and ends up kicking a career-long 50-yard field goal. Burt Auburn, after a shaky start to the year, has been really good over the last, what, 14 kicks now? 14 for his last 14, including hitting a couple of clutch ones, too. Let's not overlook that point though and how big that is during the year and yeah he, david he definitely could be player of the game um but you're at a point where you really are thinking you know where sark was having to go for it and sark likes to go for it in situations where we should have been taking three 
And we didn't say it as much back then. We started to once he started making kicks again. But it's like, hey, man, it's okay to take the three, you know. Um, but think about how big that was. We were, we were talking about, is there a walk-on? Who's the backup? You know, I mean, it, it got to that level. Maybe we were just being Texas fans and overreacting, but to hit 14 in a row, now you feel like you've got a guy 45 and in, and now he shows 50 that um, for a team that likes to play three and six-point games, kind of a big deal. Look, we – with Steve Sarkeesian or coming off the Tom Herman era where he refused to go for three and continually lost games by one, two, and three points. And so to have a guy who was able to learn his lesson and he does have a kicker who's reliable, which Tom Herman had a, ki- had a kicker who was reliable as well. But to utilize that guy and to understand the value of the three points is uh, something that should definitely not be lost on the fan base. Jake is very happy that Texas is 10 and one right now. 10 and one bitches. See you never again, Corn Haggy. <laughs> you're getting humbled, you hillbilly bums. Jake, yes. bringing it, man. Agreed with all that. Uh, is uh, Devondre Sweat our defensive player of the game, Kevin? Yeah, he's our player of the team the whole year. Yeah, that's a fair statement. Defensive MVP brought to you by Kenfield Golf Cars. If you're in the market for a new or pre-owned golf cart, look no further than Kenfield Golf Cars. Kenfield Golf Cars was founded in 1979. They have an unparalleled selection of different golf carts available and new or used. They'd love to turn your existing golf cart into your own design or have them build a golf cart to fit your needs. Nobody does it better than Kenfield Golf Cars. Check out their website, KenfieldGolfCars.com, for more info or give them a call, 512-258-8515, 512-258-8515 for Kenfield Golf cars what is the defensive play of the game i mean i don't know you know we can there are a couple we can choose from i I think the biggest play of the game is devondre sweat blocking the extra point yeah yeah it's probably either that or because it wouldn't be a swat early in the game that forced iowa state to punt no it's too early in the game for that maybe the jaron thompson interception gets some consideration too because that was a, a pretty critical moment in the game where iowa state I just scored points on their previous possession, and Texas was starting to look a little bit gassed, like what happened in TCU last weekend. But I, I like the Devondre Sweat call. I mean, special okay. teams, but let's go Actually, with it. Special teams, but we're going to give it to Devondre Sweat. Defensive play of the game is brought to you by Moonshine Patio Bar and Grill. Moonshine has two locations in Austin now. Did you know that? Yeah, not only the original downtown location near the convention center, actually have one at Avery Ranch and Palmer Road now near where I live. Uh, I think technically it's still in Austin, but uh, I'm in Cedar Park and it's five minutes up the road from me. Moonshine takes you back to a simpler time. It's because it's comfortable and familiar, relaxed and easygoing. Moonshine greets guests like family while serving up an innovative take on classic American comfort food. Moonshine is celebrating 20 years in business and they want to thank everyone in Austin for their support in that time. Go see them for a fantastic dinner or that great weekend brunch that we've all had parents or grandparents pay for at least once in our existence as UT fans and otherwise. Moonshine, patio, bar, and grill. Man, there's nothing on tonight, is there? Yeah, I feel like we cleared uh, the last of the good games with Washington and Oregon State, uh, Kansas, Kansas State, of course. I didn't even look at what the rest of the schedule was. There may be one ranked team that's playing the rest of the way, but uh, all the good games are done tonight. 
All right. Well, we'll take it though. Um, yeah, I did not think this team would be 10 and one. I mean, I'm not totally shocked. I knew they knew they had the talent, but we've seen this team and this program. We've got a little PTSD as we've talked about. I think all of us do um, just expecting them to, to lose. And they almost did um, in what three or four of those. So it's not like they've um, totally figured it out, but they figured out how to win these games, at least this year. So I'm pretty happy, man. I, I will take it. Let's get a dub Friday and let's get the hell out of here. Okay. So I'm, I'm just now looking down the scoreboard. When I turned tuned uh, when I turned away from the TV, Missouri was losing to Florida, and it was a fourth and seventeen that they were facing. I think in their own end too. But I'm looking at the final now. Missouri beat Florida 33-31. I have no idea what happened in that game other than yeah, I right now. Um, I have no idea. Na- Napier though. No way, God! You're always too kind, No way. Thank you for everything you do for Texas Sports Unfiltered, Noah. Look at that. Oh, my God. Just like an in route. And then came down and kicked a field goal. Wow. Crazy. Ryan, thank you as well. Thanks, guys. We uh, really appreciate it. Grant, uh, Ryan, it's good that everyone got to see why Blue doesn't get more PT. He's a great athlete, but he's young and lacks vision and patience. Bright future, though. I think there's a lot to that. I mean, he's definitely a young back. We knew he was a speed guy and that, you know, we've seen him get to the perimeter and get the edge and he can flat out go. Um, some of that other stuff you can teach. I mean, sometimes you can't with vision, but patience usually, patience is something like in real life. Usually it comes with age. Matthew, thank you as thank well. Thank you, Matthew. And engaging life's moments. Don't care about college football playoffs. Yep. Go Big 12 ship. I agree with you on that. If Texas were to make the college football playoff this year, great. It's going to be like the Rangers making the playoffs. That's found money. Um, um, whatever happens, I'm, I'm going to be rooting for Texas to win whatever games they play in the college football playoff. Yes, but they, if they if they accomplish their goal of making it to and winning a Big 12 championship this year, I think that's fantastic for the reasons that you just mentioned, Kevin. Yeah. It's a program that far too often trips over itself. Despite all the uh, all the ability, all the five star, four star players on the roster, and the expectations to actually do something in a given season, it has very rarely happened in the last thirteen years now. But here we are with the game to go. Was the conference a little bit down this year? Yeah, but you were everybody's Super Bowl this year, and in years past, where you're just everybody's rival, and you don't treat that game as seriously as everybody else do, you inevitably lose at least a handful of games. That did not happen this year. And you are about to make a return trip to Dallas and perhaps force Brett Yormark to hand Steve Sarkeesian a Big 12 Conference Championship trophy, the last time you have an opportunity to do so. In a year where he essentially said that he's rooting against Texas to a crowd of Texas Tech fans. He was at the game tonight. I wonder if he's going to show up in Austin next weekend. I still believe that uh, he comes down with a case of COVID on Tuesday, and unfortunately, he's going to have to skip the trip. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if he said he would or not, but that would be glorious. Um, and look, I mean, don't get it wrong. You know, I think that the texter and um, and you and I, I mean, obviously, we would love nothing more than for Texas to be in the college football playoff. But you've got to be realistic with your goals and got to be realistic about the program. And if we all would have been told that Texas was going to end up going 
what, 12 and one and winning the big 12, we would have taken that in a heartbeat and never asked about the playoff. Yeah. And it, it's strange because you could go 12 and one and still miss out on the playoff. But if so, perhaps it leaves you that much hungrier for the following year and, and uh, allows these guys to experience a level of success while also helping them to uh, remain focused on that next prize that, uh, that you put your eye on. Not oh. only uh, succeeding your first year in the SEC, maybe making it to an SEC championship game, but uh, making some noise in an expanded 12-team playoff next year. I do want to say give, giving Sark a lot of love. Um, you know, you never really know. I mean, because it's unprecedented for the most part how to deal with a year like this if you know you're leaving. I mean, yeah, we've seen it before in Nebraska, Colorado. We've seen teams change conferences, but this obviously the vitriol seems to be a little different. And the fact that Sark took it head on, and kind of embraced it and had the guys embrace it early on in the year, I think it was a good thing. Um, you know, there's no reason to not talk about the fight if you know you got a big fight coming up, right? And I think they, they embraced that, and it felt like they were prepared all year long in these conference games, knowing that whoever they're playing, it's going to be – it's just going to mean a little bit more for them this year. And they faced it, man. I mean, they, they, they've had some really, really tight, tough games, and – Tonight was another one. Maybe that's what was needed all along for Steve Sarkeesian, who has earned the moniker seven win Steve after uh, nine years in the sport and not being able to eclipse eight or nine wins uh, for the most part. But this is the year where uh, he's got a lot of pressure just in terms of uh, how many teams hated Texas, the pressure of the media saying that they expected you to win the conference this year. And here we are right now for a guy who has routinely lost two out of every three games to ranked opponents and opponents on the road. He has passed every single one of those tests, except for the Oklahoma game this year, who uh, yep. was a ranked of opponent, of course, now that game is a neutral site game, but uh, they've won in some tough road environments, including here in Ames tonight. And they've, they've also beaten a handful of ranked opponents as well. Now you don't have another opportunity against Texas tech next week. Cause well, they suck and they're not ranked. But uh, hopefully you get one more ranked opponent in the Big 12 championship game to uh, to continue to state that case for the college football playoff. And uh, you'll just have to see how everything else plays out. Sucks for Jordan Travis in Florida State. What happened to him in the first quarter tonight? But they've got uh, to turn around and, and play a rivalry game against Florida next week. Now, Florida is going to be playing for a bowl game. So maybe it means a little bit more for them trying to beat Florida State. But otherwise, does Florida State have a tough time with Louisville in the uh, ACC championship game? Because Louisville did uh, did punch their ticket with a win. I mean, they, they could be. They don't have their dynamic quarterback. I mean, my guess is he's out for the year. I, you know, I did one of those I had to look away. I called you. Um, he's not out for the year. He is uh, he is the uh, the the machine from Terminator 2. Yeah, if he's not out for the year, he makes Aaron Rodgers look like a joke in terms of rehab. Right. Um but so, you know, yeah, who knows? And and also, I mean, I do think that that could impact it to where they do have one loss, not not undefeated. If they're undefeated, they should go in ahead of Texas. I mean, right now, if everything stays the way it does, then Texas should be left out. And that's OK. That's something that we'd have to swallow. And, our, you know, we can be realistic like our eyeballs tonight and be like, yeah, both those touchdowns taken back. There were penalties. Good calls. Um, but. If they have one loss, that's when the committee can really look at, all right, 
well, who is this team without Jordan Travis, right? Not to take too many pages from uh, March Madness, but I completely agreed when uh, when the tournament selection committee started looking at what teams were at that point in time. And if a yeah. team suffered a major injury, then that does affect your overall ranking because you're not going to be nearly as good as what you've shown up to that point in the year. Yeah, if you don't have Kenyon Martin or Marcus Pfizer, you're not the same Cincinnati or Iowa State. Um, you know, we're not idiots here. So Florida State is not the same without Jordan Travis. On the flip side, it, it, we'll see how far – or how long Xavier's out, if he's out at all, though Jonathan Brooks, you could certainly look at Texas and say that. But Jordan Travis is a different deal. Jordan Travis would be more akin and even more so to Quinn Ewers being out. Yep. All right. The offensive player, uh, excuse me, the offensive player of the game is brought to you by Hat Creek Burger Company. Did you know Hat Creek is celebrating its 15th birthday in 2023? They started as a food truck behind Star Bar on West 6th Street back in 2008. Since then, they've continued to grow to 26 locations across Texas, panning out from Austin with spots in the Austin area, of course, Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, Temple, and Waco. Great burgers, great fries, great shakes, too. I'm a big believer in that birthday cake shake. Check them out, Hat Creek Burger Company. Offensive play of the game, Kevin, was it the uh, the Gunner Helm touchdown? Yeah, yeah, throwback. Let's go with the throwback. The uh, throwback to Gunner Helm. I guess Jordan Whittington's touchdown would uh, right be consideration too. But uh, yep. yeah, those, those two touchdowns, the biggest play of the game. The Hat Creek Burger Company plays of the game on offense. I'm with you with Whittington too. It's been kind of a weird year for Whittington. The drops early on. Um, some of his run blocking grades don't match up with how good I think a, a run blocker he actually is. Oh, is that right? Yeah, dude, the run blocking grades in general. Um, Aren't very good, and my eye tells me that's true for the most part. But um, and he has missed some blocks this year too. But the guy's such a team player, and I mean, hell, you know, if Texas does go on to win it, you could say maybe you know there are a lot of plays of the year at that point because Texas won so many tight games. But the play against TCU last week, that hustle alone, you know. Um, uh, there are a lot of there are a lot of senior, junior, and senior guys on this team that have kind of really helped change that culture. And if Sark does really get this thing rolling, like long term, this will be one of those classes, like the '98 class or '99 class. You look back at and you go, "Thanks, guys. You know, you changed this thing for a decade. You did the toughest part of turning it around." And now it's turned around and guys come in and kind of know what to do right away. And they're expected to do that. Other guys that deserve a positive shout out, thinking on the defensive side of the ball right now. I mean, Jalen Ford is Jalen Ford. So, of course, he's going to get a little bit of love. David Benda has been conspicuously absent for a couple of games. I thought that he was really flying around and doing a good job of making plays, uh, both at the line of scrimmage. And then also uh, he made a play or two in the past game. As well, there was a uh, deflection on an incomplete pass in the first half. Those guys were talking about him catching the football. Like guys catch the football right there. No, they don't. That ball was thrown really hard. Yeah, and it, it kind of glanced off his fingertips. Dudes aren't catching that ball. Odell Beckham Jr. is not catching that ball. That was just a, a nice deflection on what had a chance to be a complete pass. Otherwise, totally agree. No, I mean that was kind of. I mean, I I like Benetti and, and Brock. I think they do a good job. job. That that was one of those where it's like they were overstating that just a bit. Yeah, um, but 
Yeah, I thought he, I thought you're exactly right. Benda played well. Um, the defense has been the most erratic. You know, I mean, the offense is like it's like it's like we know exactly who they are. They're like one of your kids. You know exactly where what you're gonna get from them, um, good and bad. Defense though, outside of the run defense, the run defense has been good almost every single game, almost every single possession. Um, but the linebackers have kind of been up and down. Um, including Jalen Ford. I thought Benda played really, really well today. Anthony Hill played pretty well too. Yeah, I agree with that. They weren't having him drop back into coverage nearly as much, which I, no. which I think is is going to – that's what you should do going forward. I mean, the, his best asset is uh, is going after the quarterback or staying closer to the line of scrimmage. And uh, I know he had an issue with a run fit last week against TCU that uh, was partially responsible for a touchdown, but – it's just a learning process. He's still a true freshman after all, nearing the end of his first year, but he's still got uh, a lot of room to grow and a lot of learning to do as well. And so uh, credit to the coaches for being patient with him and, and allowing him to make mistakes. And he gets he would get pulled at times earlier in the year, but at this point uh, he is an instrumental part of that defense. But uh, Texas is back to having okay depth at the linebacker position now with Anthony Hill now able to play uh, in an ever-down role. David Binda, of course, Jalen Ford, and then Maurice Blackwell being back there in that linebacker hybrid, uh, linebacker hybrid position. Now he didn't have a great game based on the uh, the few times that I laid my eyes on him, but it's okay. You you have your ups and downs throughout the course of a season. And so, uh, Maurice Blackwell is no yeah. exception to that. Overall, though, I've been pretty pleased, kind of seeing where he. And I agree with you. He didn't stand out a lot to me today. Um, but overall, I kind of like his progression. I mean, he's one of those guys where he's flashed at times this year where I could see him, you know, you put together a really good spring and another year getting stronger and a little bit faster and just understanding the game more. Um, he could be a pretty good player. What is he? He's like a redshirt freshman, right? Oh, gosh, that's a great question. I don't even know. Let's see. Check it out. I'm grabbing another water. Blackwell. Is. He is a third-year linebacker. Technically, oh, he played 10 games as a freshman. So, yeah, he's a third-year player right now. So, he I also, has- Yeah, I thought maybe a redshirt. When I said redshirt freshman, I thought maybe redshirt sophomore, actually. But he's a junior, so never mind. That is really surprising. I did not expect him to have burned through three years of eligibility just yet. So, he's got one more year. You going to the game Friday? Uh, yeah, taking my family to our first game of the year. Wow. Seven o'clock kickoff or six thirty kickoff? I forget which. I'm trying to figure out a way to uh, avoid spending too much time on Bevo Boulevard. As much fun as that is for families, I've done it enough. Is that a beatdown? It's yeah. It's a lot of people, man. And it's going to be a night game this year, too. So I'm sure that what is normally a pretty docile crowd on these Friday games when they're 11 a.m. kickoffs, it's going to be intensified. And there's going to be a lot of people in the stadium, too, because Texas has a chance to uh, to clinch a spot in the, the Big 12 title game. So if the game is not sold out already, it will be. Uh, there will only be a smattering of Tech fans this year is my hope. Oftentimes in years like this, because Texas has been down, uh, far too many years over the last 13 and tech while not being great has a pretty large 
alumni base here in Austin. Tech is it's felt like they've been like a quarter of the crowd a lot of the time. But that shouldn't be the case this year. This is going to be a pro- predominantly Texas crowd, and it should be a lot of fun too because we are going to beat the shit out of them. I hope so. Um, the good thing about this, unlike Iowa State, for Iowa State somehow, you know, you know, like the guard said, you know, when we came in here, they said Iowa and Texas. You know, I love how it's like, oh yeah, because that long-standing rivalry between Iowa State and Texas. Remember '53? <laughs> what a game that was. Um, but with tech, tech at least, obviously it's a bigger deal for tech. But at least for us as fans, it's not like beating Iowa State. I couldn't give a shit about Iowa State. Go, go, good luck the rest of your life. You know, I don't wish you any ill will. Uh, I hope you find another partner and get married and have kids, big fat kids with big fat necks. And you guys just eat a bunch and die a diabetic life at some point. But I hope you do it peacefully. Um, just hope Matt Campbell doesn't suffer an aneurysm screaming unnecessarily at a ref who got the call right. I hope his teeth just don't hit the fucking floor. Um, <laughs> drag teeth, drag like a you know apes you know uh, knuckles do. Um, but outside of that, I've got no ill will. Um, but with Tech, you know, I mean, this is this is one we definitely want, you know. And then I never want to see them the rest of my life too. Yeah, I was on the fence about that. I would have been okay scheduling tech, but uh, with with how everything has played out over the last few months, I'm, I'm fine just leaving them in the dust now. Sorry, Jama. We love you, Jama, and uh, hope love that you find success. But I, I I want nothing to do with you guys for a love while. Love Jama, and I don't know. Maybe maybe talk to me in ten years. Yeah, that's what I said. A while, ten ten yeah. years that might work. Like. I think there's a lot of AM fans and maybe some Texas fans who are okay with uh, this that rivalry ending. But now that we're, what, a little bit more than 10 years beyond, people are actually starting to look forward to that once again. Yeah. Or maybe that'll happen with Texas Tech too, or not. But, but don't you agree that like the Kansas State, the Texas, the Iowa State, the, I mean, how even TCU to a large degree. Like, it's like, all right, like this is much bigger for you. You know, I, I don't really give a shit about getting this last win. It's more about not giving you the last win in this um mm-hmm. and tech it'd be nice to definitely have that and yeah maybe maybe we meet up in seven years or something like that definitely definitely wanted to uh to beat all the teams on the schedule this year baylor of course to start things off yeah no baylor's one of those yeah to smother them too just to put a pillow over their face and just just completely choke them out in their stadium too by the way which is why probably, it makes probably, the- probably bad phrasing with the team you mentioned but i get you Oh yeah, uh, that wasn't you. So you didn't do that. So yeah, well, uh, yeah, that's true. It wasn't me that did that. I was just painting a picture there about how Texas dominated that game, and to win at TC, uh, win at TCU, win at Iowa State. The last time you played at Kansas State, you won that game. That was last year. You didn't have to play West Virginia this year, which I'm completely fine with. Same goes for Oklahoma State too. Uh, here's the thing, though, in the SEC, there's a lot of people and teams in that conference that don't want Texas and Oklahoma in the conference. They don't, they don't see the need for Texas and Oklahoma, even though it obviously makes a ton of financial sense and uh, makes sense regionally too. So there will be new fake rivalries oh. that uh, that form in the coming years, Kevin. That's why I never wanted to go to that conference. They're batshit crazy nuts anyway. 
Exactly. Um, I mean, you know, and, and yes, I mean, adding to that, yes, being Texas is not going to help at all. You want to come in here with your fancy clothes and you're brushing the teeth. And uh, I mean, you know, no, it's going to be, trust me, I understand it's not like we're walking into a sweeter neighborhood. I got that. To talk but, to but, but, I'm, but I'm sick of this neighborhood and I, I'm sick of. I'm sick of the cops in the neighborhood. That's what we I'm really talk sick to of. Georgia people about how they deal with it because Georgia has kind of a yeah. reputation in that conference, right? Yeah. No, we're going to be a lot. We're going to be a lot like Georgia in terms of of how they're treated. I think. <laughs> I hope we're a lot like Georgia. I, I say, yeah. No, we're about to go on a three year run, man. Watch out, Rodney. You said he was making a dumb pedo joke. Hold on now. Uh, I don't see the pedo joke, Rodney. You're going to have to uh, repeat that one. Always good for a dumb pedo joke. All right, what else do we have in terms of player of the game, play of the game? Do we get everything? I think we've gotten everything other than our um, final word from Paul's Motorworks. You ready for that? Yeah, um, I'll let you start it up. What do you got? Well, before I give you the final word, Paul's Motorworks sponsors the final word, and they've been repairing foreign and domestic cars in Austin since 2000. Specializing in BMW, Mini Cooper, Mercedes-Benz, Audi, Volkswagen, and Porsche. They can do more than that, though. It's where BK goes to get his oil changes. Don't trust your car to anyone. Trust your car to the great people of Paul's Motorworks. Check them out online at pmwaustin.com. Texas has won 10 games in the regular season for the first time since... 2017. Did they win 10 games in the regular season that year? Because if so, great. Because I was going to go all the way back to 2009. No, I think you're right. I think they won nine and then the 10th would have been the Sugar Bowl, right? It feels sweet. And it's something that, quite honestly, we all took for granted through the uh, the 2000s. And here we are once again. And uh, it feels great. So let's not take that for granted. There are things to bitch about tonight. Uh, some regarding the officiating. Uh, some regarding to things not being or being too close going into halftime. But the bottom line is this team is taking care of business once again in a game that we've seen them lose far too many times in the past 10-plus years. So be happy tonight, Longhorn fans. Celebrate, rejoice, and get ready for uh, one more regular season game where you get to kick the crap out of Texas Tech, earn a spot in the Big 12 championship game, and uh, take one more step towards those uh, preseason goals. Uh, that you made and you felt pretty good about at the time. Yeah, I think that's well said. Um, yeah, I think it's part overview and part just kind of where we're at right now. And for me, the overview is always bigger because that's more long term. You can have a shitty day at work, but if you're having a good year and set up for the next three or four years, well, you're, you're going to be doing all right, you know. Um, or you could have a really good day at work, but long term things aren't aren't looking great. Um, 1990 would be a good, good example. I mean, they won 10 games. They were in a good spot. But if you really knew the program and could look at it, it was more just a one-year deal, you know, and that was obviously shown the next year going five and six, and then you got to change your regime and all that. Um, it does feel like, and look, Sark still has a long way to go. He's still learning on the job, and he is far from perfect as a head coach. And I think there are obvious things that he has to get better at. There are obvious things his program has to improve at. And there are just some things like depth that over time, um, they continue to recruit and develop. They're going to be okay. But I feel really good long-term about where this is going. That can always flip. That can always change. I get that. Um, so you can clip this. And if Texas goes wins four games the next two years, they, and they fire Sark, be like, oh, you told this to buy the stock. 
I think I think most people would buy the stock right now because this program is getting better. They've always had talent, but they've got a good amount of talent now to go with some grit. And um, that's probably the best thing because the reality is teams like Iowa State, fan bases like Iowa State, fan, base, fan bases across the Big 12. I mean, just to be blunt, they think Texas is a bunch of pussies. And they pretty much say that without saying it. They certainly say it behind closed doors. And you can get on this team for not being perfect. They've proven they're not pussies. And they've proven they will play four quarters, grit games out, and win some ugly, tough football games. And I think they did that again tonight. And that, to me, is probably um, what I'm most fired up about. I will say this, too, working with a lot of these kids and getting to know them, you know how much when we started the year, I was just bragging about them as young men, right? Mm-hmm. And the combination of knowing who a lot of these guys are off the field and what they're doing on the field, like I couldn't be prouder to be an alum, to be a fan, and uh, to be rooting for a team that, you know, I really believe in the guys off the field and on the field, they're, you know, they're making us proud too. That's pretty much all you can ask for, right? That's very well said there. Dirty admission time. I worry about what what this team looks like next year because they are going to lose a lot on both sides of the ball. Yeah. The middle, oh. the middle of the defensive line, which has obviously been hugely instrumental this year. Pretty it's much been the best in the country. Let's just call it what it is. And you know, I'm not that guy to do that. They have the best defensive interior line in the country. Grades wise, according to Pro Football Focus, and then eyeball test wise too. Yes. And depth. Vernon Broughton and Alfred Collins, I promise you, will play in the league. Troll Carter will probably get a sniff and a look as the third stringer. They're loaded there, man. Yeah, that's great. It's uh, other positions that I worry about a little bit more. Linebacker, uh, what's going on at receiver right now. But let's not get too far ahead of ourselves here. One more regular season game, then uh, hopefully a Big 12 championship game. We'll see what happens after that. And uh, that's it. For us tonight, the Texas Sports Unfiltered postgame show. Texas wins 20, 26, 19, 26, 16. Jesus, I'm sorry. I cannot get this score and I don't have the scoreboard <laughs> anymore. 26 to 16, Texas wins. For Kevin Dunn, I am Trey Elling. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will be back as a channel on Monday morning. Actually, Wags is going to be doing his uh, fantasy football show tomorrow morning, so check that cool. out as well. As far as the weekday shows are concerned, 8 to 5 on Monday, starting with Bucky and BK from 8 to 10. In the meantime, folks, have a great rest of the weekend, and hook them. <laughs>